drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. To Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You are halfway there. The weekend is really not that far away by the grace of God, but it is, if I'm not mistaken, an ember day. So keep that in the back of your mind. Maybe if you don't fast or abstain, maybe you could do some other penance. That would be kind of cool. But uh, today we're going to have an interesting conversation. Yesterday we've talked with Timothy Gordon. Uh, about uh, sort of subsidiarity, right? States' rights. Well, today we have a guest on to talk about the mixing of the freedom of speech and the freedom of association and how that could lead to the decline of our rights in general. It seems a bit heady, but I think it's an important conversation nonetheless. And Dr. Luke Sheehan is going to be on our show at 35 past the hour. Also coming up at 15 past the hour, uh, we're going to have Eric Sammons back on. He is the editor-in-chief over at Crisis Magazine. And we're going to talk about a number of stories. Number one, it was that story. We we reported on it, what, Monday maybe, about the uh, vaccination uh, requirement up in one of the dioceses in Canada. And so you can't really access the sacraments unless you are double vaxxed. Well, that's kind of a, a, a concerning story, especially since that very same day the Vatican announced it was requiring vaccination pass in order to enter Vatican City. So are we creating a second class of citizens among the lay faithful? We're going to have a conversation around that with Eric Sammons, as well as some other stories, if time permits. Uh, for instance, the uh, Catholic governor of New York hoping to fly Texas women to New York for abortions. That's very concerning. But anyway, we'll jump into all of that at 15 past the hour in the What's Concerning Us. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Anything in the news that stands out to you today? Well, speaking about flying people to New York to get abortions, uh, not only are governors saying this, but um, also corporations. So Apple, big tech company Apple, actually said uh, part of their health care plan for their employees is that if you uh, if you want to have an abortion and you're an Apple employee living in Texas, they will fly you out of Texas wow. to get an abortion. So that was oh, really interesting. As I look down at my Apple phone. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking I'm like, disgusted. oh my gosh, like I have a whole Apple, Apple, Apple world. system in isn't my it house. Something? Yeah. Um, but don't worry, really Microsoft isn't much better. So don't I, feel bad. I hate Mac- Microsoft too. So right. it's both, both worlds. Um, maybe we all need are... to build our own <laughs> Linux machines. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe we do. I don't know. But it is very, very concerning, especially imagine all the employees at, at those companies who are waking up today and now having a real conflict within themselves and their own conscience to say, I work for an employer that su- supports the wholesale slaughter of human beings. Mm-hmm. That's really pretty troubling. Or even just the consumers. Like, I carry a phone and I've purchased, right. you know, and I, I, I'm, you know, I, I was yeah. even checking out their new, like, MacBooks and iMacs that they just released, and I'm like, oh, I should invest in that for mm. for myself. And now I'm like, uh, like, am I really gonna give my money towards a company that's gonna support this? Yes, but uh, avoiding these companies is also very difficult. Lyft also recently <laughs> said they were donating to Planned Parenthood, and then there was another, there was a dating app. I think in the headlines I saw, uh, I can't remember which 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 one it was. I don't use dating apps, thankfully. Praise be to God. But uh, <laughs> uh, they also are, are giving money to Planned Parenthood. So 
I think we're going to see this as a bigger issue as we move forward. Speaking of issues, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos this morning. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. And uh, speaking of Ember Days and doing penances, uh, my friend Maria said that she will be getting up early and listening to us as a penance. As a penance. As a penance. Uh, in order to uh, for the Ember Days this this uh, today uh, Wednesday Thursday I can't speak today <laughs> Friday and I guess not Saturday but the it's also uh, prayer and fasting and yeah. uh, abstinence partial abstinence yes. uh, if you are wanting to do that uh, but yes my well, friend let's Rhea try to make this as that. penitential as possible today for Maria's sake oh no problem easy yeah. peasy easy easy all right <laughs> praise be to God so we have some great conversation coming up don't forget about the giveaway the Lord of the Rings giveaway that we are doing. Uh, tomorrow is a big day. You're going to want to tune in tomorrow and, and for our conversation with uh, Joseph Pierce on the Catholic faith of Tolkien and whether or not that is the lens through which to see the Lord of the Rings. So we are going to have a conversation around that, but I'm giving away four free copies of the Andy Serkis audiobook, narrated audiobook of the Fellowship of the Rings. Andy Serkis was the actor who played uh, Gollum or, or Smeagol in the movies. And so it's very highly produced. It's excellent. And I have four copies to give away to one of you. You do need to be on our email list to be able to win. So make sure you head on over to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray and dive into our show today. We've got a lot to cover. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, tech giant Apple will pay for their Texas employees to seek abortions outside the state. The big tech corporation chief executive of Apple said the company's medical insurance would help pay for Apple workers in Texas if they needed to travel to other states for an abortion, the New York Times reported. Also from LifeSite News, Pope Francis this week praised the radically pro-abortion president of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins. That came just as news broke about his backing of communion for pro-abortion politicians and his endorsement of homosexual civil unions, leaving many Catholics in confusion. From Catholic Vote, Pope Francis has lashed out at the Eternal Word television network, popular EWTN television, saying, quote, they are the work of the devil, end quote. In a meeting with Jesuits, in Jesuits, the Pope spoke of a large Catholic television network in the USA that has no hesitation in continually speaking ill of the Pope. Although he did not name the network explicitly, the reference clearly was EWTN. From Catholic Vote, Texas Governor Greg Abbott called on President Biden to declare a federal emergency at the U.S.-Mexican border to stem an overwhelming surge of illegal immigrants. Abbott noted that the number of migrants increased from 4,000 on September 15th 
to 16,000 just three days later. This surge poses life-threatening risk to residents of Val Verde County and is quickly overrunning law enforcement and healthcare humanitarian resources, which were never intended to be used in this capacity, said Abbott. From Catholic Vote, after mounting public concern, President Biden finally conceded that his administration does not have the southern border under control. When pressed by reporters Tuesday, he quoted, We'll get it under control, said Biden. A reporter asked, You will get it under control or you have it under control. The president said, We will get it under control. For months, the Biden administration had repeatedly repeatedly said that the situation of the U.S.-Mexican border was not a crisis. From Catholic Vote, liberal Democrats in the House are threatening to think, tank the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill of the Senate that won't be that won't approve the $3.5 trillion social spending bill. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi met with left-wing progressive caucus chair Pramila J. Powell for a marathon on one-on-one meeting in an attempt to get left-wing Democrat supporters for the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that has already passed by the Senate. Representative Jan Schawowski warned fellow Democrats, quote, the consequences of anything other than totally unity are damaging not only this year at, at this moment, but looking ahead to the elections of the next year's. End quote. From Catholic Vote, as more employees begin to mandate their workers to get the COVID shot, religious exemptions are coming under fire. Columbia University Robert Kritzman wants the Biden administration to deny claims of religious exemptions. But Roger Servino, the former director of Office of Civil Rights at the United States Department of Health and Human Services, has pushed back. Quote, public institutions should not act like inquisitorial boards quizzing people's religious beliefs and trying to find holes because somebody has a different view from them end quote and these are your headline news for this morning god love you and have a blessed wednesday the saint of the day is a a lot of french words in fact more french words than the heat index of houston uh the saint saint of the day is saint saddleberga who was born in the seventh century in toll france it was born to the nobility, the daughter of Duke Gundoin, and the sister of St. Bodo. She was blind, and as a child, she was healed by St. Eustace of Luxiel, and was married but widowed after two months. She married to St. Blandinus, Blandinus of Leon, and was the mother of five, including St. Baldwin and St. Anstrudis of Leon. Their children grown, Salaberga and Blandinus, separated each to enter religious life. She became a nun at Polangi and worked with St. Valdobert of Luxeau to found the convent of St. John, ba- John the Baptist in Léon, France, and served as its abbess. She died in 665 in Léon, France. St. Saddleberga, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Jesus summoned the twelve and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, Take nothing for the journey, 
neither walking stick, nor sack, nor food, nor money, and let no one take a second tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and leave from there. And as for those who do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet in testimony against them. Then they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and curing diseases everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. He sends them in his own power. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've stopped to contemplate this action, especially uh, in times when I've had conversations uh, with friends or family members about the church. It is Jesus taking the action. Uh, sometimes I think we can get caught up in thinking of the church in, in human terms from our own perspective instead of the perspective given to us by God himself. St. Cyril of Alexandria would say, Mark here the divine power of the Son, which belongs not to a fleshly nature. Goes on to say, But our Lord Jesus Christ, as by nature God, imparts graces of this kind to whomsoever he will, not invoking upon them a power which is not his own, but infusing it into them from himself. It is the action of God himself to send these fallible men out into the world in order to save the world. Think about that for a second. He sends them in the way the Father sends uh, the Son, so Jesus sends his disciples. It is the action of, of the Lord himself. Eusebius also points out, and that through them the whole race of mankind may be sought out. He not only gives them power to drive away evil spirits, but to cure all kind of diseases at his command, as it follows, and to cure diseases. Golly gee whiz, to cure diseases. Wouldn't we want to see that today? Hmm, I would love to see some curing of diseases. That'd be amazing. Praise be to God. But they have to trust in God. They must trust in the Lord. Not in the ways of the world, the flesh and the devil, but in the Lord. Supernatural faith. St. Gregory of Nazianzen said, Now in sending his disciples to preach, our Lord enjoined many things on them, the chief of which are that they should be so virtuous, so constant, so temperate, and to speak briefly, so heavenly, that no less than through their manner of living than their words, the teaching of the gospel might be spread abroad. And therefore were they sent with lack of money and staves and a single garment, he accordingly adds, and he said to them, take nothing in the way, neither staves. They must trust in God and not in the world and go for the salvation of souls and for the glory of God. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Baraboom.com forward slash GRN. We'll be right back. What's concerning us? And Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine is coming up next. Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum, Andy Serkis himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now, though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road lies with him, I think, Merry. But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, 
cried Legolas. And Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. But how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to talk with Dr. Luke Sheehan. Uh, He's got a book out, and uh, we're going to talk about the mixing of your freedom of speech with your freedom of association, why that's a bad thing, and that leads to the decline of rights. We're going to have a conversation around that coming up at 35 past the hour. Eric Sammons joins us right now again uh, via Zoom chat. Crisis Magazine, praise be to God. The website is crisismagazine.com. Good morning to you, Eric. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, praise God we're alive, and that yeah. counts. And yes. uh, why is it every time you're on, it's always like really negative news that we talk about? I know we need to have something uplifting sometime yeah. for me to come on for. <laughs> like uh I don't know, weaving or I don't know, archery. Something something more <laughs> more interesting. I don't know. At any rate, let's get into the really meat of the matter here. There was uh several stories out that I would love to get your opinion on. Uh but the one of the big con- uh, ones that I think is going to be a bigger issue for l- the lay faithful as we move forward in time is the issue over vaccination not vaccination and we're seeing it in the church. There was a story that broke Two stories on Monday. One was out of Canada and how a diocese in Canada said, unless you're doubly vaxxed, not even like a single wouldn't do it. You have to be doubly vaxxed in order to access uh, any inside of the building, any on any property across the diocese, which included all liturgies, baptisms, funerals, marriages, all of it. So essentially, that seems to indicate a second class of citizens that now aren't available to receive the sacraments. And then, of course, that same day, we saw a story break out of the Vatican where the Vatican announced that you would have to be vaccinated, have the green pass in order to enter the Vatican City. I see this as a trend. How do you see it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of us were predicting this was the path we were taking because We knew that the state, you know, the various governments of the world were going to be implementing these vaccine passports. And based upon the actions of church leaders since the beginning of COVID, they go along with whatever the state tells them. In fact, if you look at what that bishop in um, in Canada, his actual letter that, that announced this new policy, he makes it very clear he's simply following the directions of uh, government leaders in his, and he's, he's basically doing what they tell him to do, which I think that is probably the more fundamental problem, uh, is the fact that the church is supposed to be the light in the world. It's supposed to be a, a bit different. It's not supposed to just simply do whatever the state tells them to do. Uh, and in fact, it should recognize that it's a higher authority than the state, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. And so, for example, access to the sacraments, which is, I mean, Probably the most, it is the most important thing the church does is it brings out the sacraments to the people. And so when the, the, the church goes along with the state and restricting the sacraments and saying these people, for whatever reason, 
these people can't access the sacraments. They don't, they're not allowed to go to mass or what have you. That's a real troubling sign because we know from history that this won't be the only thing that, that the state will say that you can restrict people for. And so I think it, it's a really uh, troubling trend, to say the least. Has it ever been the case that the uh, that bishops or the pope has created like a sort of interdict on a specific, specific group of Catholics within a country? Because I've heard, you know, places where they've put interdict on entire countries and or small locations, but never like a subset of Catholics. That's a great question. I don't. I can't think of any because, of course, the Pope did this in the Middle Ages on the entire country of England. Uh, the Pope has done this uh, in in past times on kings and, and rulers, uh, you know, to to try to get them to go along with what, whatever they wanted them to do. But the idea of it being a subset of people, particularly a subset of people who are are in line with what the church teaches. Because if you look at the, at the documents written by the magisterium, like the CDF document from December, this past December, on this issue, it made it very clear that va- vaccination cannot, must be voluntary. It even says practical reason tells us that vaccination must always be voluntary, meaning it's just a natural law thing. It's not even like some, we don't even need a church teaching to tell us that. It, it's just a natural law that, of course, Somebody can't be forced to inject something into their body. And whether or not you think vaccination is a good idea or not, the the principle here is very important, is the idea of trying to force somebody to a certain medical treatment in order to get a uh in order to have access to sacraments is is unprecedented and it it, it opens a whole host of different problems because now it's like we could say, well, people who smoke, no, you're not allowed in. You, you can't receive the sacraments. People who uh, maybe engage in 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 behaviors that are that are physically destructive and are sinful. Well, you can't go to confession now because you're, you're engaged. I mean, it's like it's just it's ludicrous if you really think about uh, the, the idea that somebody who doesn't have a medical procedure done isn't allowed access to the life giving sacraments of Jesus Christ. And where does it end once that? Pandora's box is open, like as you just pointed out, we can might come up with a whole host of examples of, well, there's this other contagious disease that is obviously way more common than than the most current one, but uh, if you have that, then you can't come, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're seeing also among the, even just the bishops, uh, there is definitely a, a variety of opinions out there, but a clear distinction. There are bishops who are in favor of conscience and <laughs> bishops that are like, no, you got to do it anyway. Um, I see this division growing. Do you see this growing? Absolutely. And I, I, I do want to make sure we praise those bishops who have stood up and said that they, they do understand that there's a conscience decision here and that as Catholics, we can. that's a fundamental principle of our faith that you can't violate somebody's conscience. And so the church has made very clear that in conscience, you can decide not to receive uh, the COVID vaccine. And so those bishops who have told their priests, yes, sign exe- religious exemption letters. Catholics don't have to to take this if, if in their conscience they don't feel like they should. I mean, th- those those bishops should be praised. But you're right. It is a growing divide where you have bishops who are very hardcore about this thing. And they're making, for example, I, I think it's in Chicago, where all the priests and the employees of the diocese have to get the vaccine. And, and of course, in Canada, like we've talked about already, where you can't even go to mass without it. So, it just really is a it's a very troubling divide and it's kind of showing us 
who is respecting, frankly, uh, the true Catholic teaching on the rights of conscience. You know, one thing is the requirement uh, being put down by the state and then being encouraged by the church. But what happens whenever it is demanded by the church? For example, we're seeing it in the pontifical universities in Rome are requiring it. Uh, The University of St. Thomas in Houston, my alma mater, is not requiring it, but they're pushing it very hard. They uh, had a medical professional on to talk about how it's safe and everybody should take it. And they said, and then they used clips of Pope Francis saying that we should all get vaccinated. Now, what happens if the Pope comes down and says everyone is required to take the vaccine and he gives it as an order from the Roman pontiff, is that in matters of faith and morals, is that something that we are required to take? And even if they say we're required to take it because morally binding it is, uh, we're helping our, our brother and sisters. No, we wouldn't be required to take it. We can ignore that because basically the, the Pope is not, uh, our understanding of the Pope is very distorted today for a lot of Catholics. The Pope is not somebody who can just simply order every Catholic around in the sense of telling them what he can and can't do of, about any topic that he feels like telling us. And so the fact that the church has always made clear over 2000 years, the rights of conscience, the fact that this is not a decision, the a decision to get a medical, a medical procedure is not within his competency, his charism of faith and morals. For example, if he were to say, you know, something like you have to get this vaccine, that's assuming a lot of things. That means the Pope, are we saying the Pope was infallible in medical matters, that he's now a doctor, that, that he can do no wrong in medical matters? Because he just does not have that charism. He is a charism of faith and morals infallibility in faith and morals when he declares it infallibly, but not in something like a prudential decision whether or not to get a vaccine. So honestly, we would just, as as Catholics, we can just ignore those type of commands. Now, of course, it's very difficult for a priest, for example, to, he can't really ignore the commands of his bishop. And so he's put in a really hard place. But honestly, my opinion is, is that Priests, including priests and lay people, just have to resist such orders. Like, for example, in Canada, if I live in that diocese, I just go to Mass anyway. I haven't been vaccinated, and I would just go. And make them throw me out. Make them arrest me. If see what they would do, because I do think if enough Catholics challenge it, these unjust orders, and there's enough pushback, I do think that they will back off eventually, and I think that's what we have to do, which is a sad thing. I just want to make sure that's clear. It's a sad thing. Catholics should never want to uh, ignore or disobey the orders of bishops or the Pope. I mean, that's something we shouldn't want to do, but sometimes we're going to have to do it. Well, let's uh, transition on that note then uh, to a similarly related topic. (laughs) Unfortunately, the Pope was flying back from his trip uh, in the east of Europe, and he was on a plane, and there's reporters, and why not? Let's let's chat. Let's have a good conversation. And whenever that happens, there's always talking points that come out of it. And one of a couple of things that have come out of it. One was a comment that we reported on uh, here about him uh, speaking about the the I think it was a pro-choice uh, politician in Ireland, maybe. I mean, and he was weighing in on the topic of communion, especially here in America, Joe Biden being Catholic. How about the New York governor? The New York uh, governor now is, uh, is a Catholic, but she's saying, Hey, I'll fly these Texas women in to have abortions here. Uh, and so the debate rages in America as to whether or not to give communion to these Catholic, uh, very public figures. And he says on one hand, it's murder, but on the other hand, he seems to embrace these politicians. What say you, Eric Sammons? 
Yeah, I, I went through on my own podcast, I went through his press conference and I, I read it very carefully what he said. He essentially said his position is, is that you should never deny the Eucharist to anybody for any reason. I mean, that, he said that. He said he's never, ever not given uh, the Eucharist to somebody um, in any situation. And he made it very clear. I mean, he, he did make it also clear that abortion is murder, but he believes pastorally that we should not be denying communion to pro-abortion politicians, such as the governor of New York or Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or anything like that. And I think that's that, that does seem to be contrary yeah. to the practice of the church over uh, the past few thousand years. I mean, we just were talking about the fact that a pope has put an entire country under interdict. <laughs> and so obviously the idea of denying communion to people uh, for, for political reasons, it that aren't strictly political because they touch on morals, I think is is a practice the church has always done. And in fact, St. Paul himself says that that when you receive communion in such a state, you are bringing condemnation on yourself. So how is it pastoral to bring to, to have somebody help them bring condemnation on themselves? So when Joe Biden receives communion, St. Paul says he's bringing condemnation on himself. How is it pastoral to assist him in that process. Wouldn't it right. be more pastoral to say, no, you're about to put your hand in the fire, take it out. What you're doing is wrong. That's the pastoral thing to do. Uh, so it, it, it does seem to be very mixed up and, and backwards in, in thinking. It's confusing to say the least. And as much as I'd like to criticize it even more, I, I could get called out when he's talking to other Jesuits and that would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Did you see that story? I yes. him talking to the, the Jesuits in Slovakia and, and, uh, he didn't name names, but everybody else has named them for him. Apparently EWTN. Yeah. Everybody knows who he's talking about, EWTN <laughs> and such. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting thing because he said in the past, he, he invites criticism. But then when he gets criticism, he seems to, to, yeah. to not really like it. And most of us don't like criticism, let's no, be honest. Nobody so. does. Nobody does, yeah. for sure. All right, Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com. Thank you for your time today. God love you, God bless you, and have a great day. Thanks a lot. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with more breaking news and stories with Janice. And then we're going to have a conversation around the freedom of assembly, freedom of association, how that could be an important issue in your life. We're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum, Andy Serkis himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now. Though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road lies with him, I think, Merry. But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, and Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for this morning. From LifeSite News, New Jersey governor has mandated COVID-19 vaccination or testing for all personnel of child care facilities in the state. In addition, the governor ordered an indoor mask mandate for all employees, students, children, and visitors of child care centers. From Catholic Vote, a Canadian archbishop is insisting that only the vaccinated can attend Mass. The Archdiocese of Moncton is complying with strict restrictions imposed by the province of New Brnowski. Fewer than 50 people have died from COVID in this province uh, since the, began, the pandemic began. From LifeSite News, Mexican authorities on Tuesday began removing Haitians away from the U.S. border on prepared flights and buses assisting the United States in its large-scale expulsion efforts, authorities have said. From Epic Times, a North Carolina healthcare system said it suspended hundreds of its employees after the firm implemented a COVID-19 vaccine mandate, adding that workers who refuse to get vaccinated after five days will be fired. From Epic Times, a destructive TikTok challenge is leading young students across the nation to be charged with vandalism after the social media trend made its popular popularity to destroy school equipment. The devious lick challenge started by TikTok videos that shows high school students showing off soap dispensers that had an obscene have have stolen from their school also from epic times soaring gas prices that threatened to push the up winter fuel bills hearse hearse consum- hurt consumption and and a near-term spike in inflation is around the corner to blow the world economy just getting back on its feet after the coronavirus shock From Epic Times, Haitians deported to Haiti from the U.S. attacked pilots and injured three ICE officers. NBC News reported, citing a source acquainted with internal reports regarding the incident, unrest ensued after a plane transporting single adult males arrived and released the individuals to Haitian authorities on the tarmac, according to the outlet. The source said some of the men stormed a different aircraft that had been transporting families. From Epic Times, a person who says she works for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has come forward to Project Veritas with allegations that the federal government is covering up reports of adverse side effects from the COVID-19 vaccines. Project Veritas released a short video on their YouTube channel and has since gone viral. From Epic Times, the Department of Homeland Security requested the assistance of the U.S. military to transport illegal immigrants, many of Haitians origin, from a crowded whole crowd holding area under a bridge in Del Rio. From Catholic News Agency, a new study shows that Catholics are the religious group that has the most vaccinated members against COVID-19 in the U.S. According to a new national survey by the Pew Research Center, the survey of 10,000 
349 U.S. adults found that 82% of the people that had received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine were self-identified as Catholics, compared to 75% of them uh, which have identified as Protestants. Hispanic Catholics were likely more were were slightly more likely than white Catholics to be to receive at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccines. Of all the major religious groups in the U.S., evangelical Protestants had the lowest vaccination rate. And lastly, from Catholic Vote, Indiana's largest hospital system imposed a vaccine mandate for medical employees. As a result, 125 employees have left and more than 300 have been suspended, leaving the hospital short-staffed. And one last report from LifeSite News, Representative Madison Cawthorn on Tuesday linked President Joe Biden's recently announced COVID-19 mandate to, quote, modern-day segregation, saying that they should be rescinded as they infringe upon the personal liberties of Americans. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, uh, Janice, for keeping us up to date. Real quick, uh, don't forget, I'm giving away those four free copies, uh, downloads of Andy Serkis's The Fellowship of the Ring. It's a wonderfully produced uh, audio book on The Fellowship of the Ring uh, by the very actor who played Smeagol. So in order to get that, you got to be on our email list. So make sure you're on our email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Click on the CDT Insider email list link there and you'll be able to sign up. Uh, we'll be giving you the instructions on how to win one of your copies tomorrow. But joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Dr. Luke Sheehan. He is a uh, an assistant professor in the Department of Political Science at Duquesne University and non-resident scholar at the Program for Research on Religion and Urban Civil Society at the University of Pennsylvania and the author of Why Associations Matter, the Case for First Amendment Pluralism. And he joins us right now again via Zoom chat. Good morning to you, Luke Sheehan. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God. We're appreciative of your time. I found it very interesting uh, in the in the argument, the conversation of how how it seems the freedom of speech and the freedom of association have been mixed or convoluted, and how that might lead to the decline of our freedoms in general. Um, maybe you can start with tell us what is the freedom of association. So. Uh well, that's actually a little bit of a difficult question. Uh, the, the freedom of association, as it ought to be, is the freedom for all of us to join with others um, to pursue common aims. Um, that could be uh, virtually anything, uh, playing chess uh, to um, um, organizing schools, uh, anything like that. Uh, the problem is, is that freedom of association has been defined much more narrowly in Supreme Court case law. So the Supreme Court has defined freedom of association as the freedom of expressive association. So this means you have a right to join with others to express your views. Um, so uh, it's ra rather than being part of your right of assembly in the First Amendment, it's part of your right to freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is very wonderful. It's very important. Uh, but freedom of association should encompass uh, groups and associations beyond those that are expressive. And so compare that to freedom of speech. Why should why are these two things being mixed together, and why should they be separated? Yeah. So the reason they got mixed together is uh, the court um, was struggling to define association, and it had made a mistake 
very early in its jurisprudence and sidelined freedom of assembly, sidelined the right to peaceable assembly. Um, it had actually gotten the history and jurisprudence just entirely wrong on that right. It should have been a much more broad, encompassing associational right than it was. Uh, there's a wonderful book called Liberty's Refuge by John Anazu that lays out uh, the history of the assembly clause and the jurisprudence that the court just missed out on. Um, so in the 1800s, it starts defining freedom of assembly as this very narrow right uh, that you only exercise when you're petitioning the government for redress of grievances. That's just entirely wrong uh, when you look at the debates at the Constitutional Convention um, and how that term assembly was used in state courts and how it was used in English common law and how it was used in the colonial period. Uh, the court was just entirely wrong. Uh, so the court realized uh, in the 20th century, as it was incorporating First Amendment rights against the state, that there should be this associational right. It made sense uh, that we would be free to join with others, but it would not put it in this in its own clause where it belonged. Uh, so it started to describe it as uh, as a part of freedom of speech. So if we're going to express our views, we do it very often with other people. Now we join uh, political parties and various expressive groups, and that makes sense. Now, one problem I see is that the court had this ideological lens on uh, and saw uh, two things as being very important in our constitutional system, the democratic state and the individual that makes up the democratic state. So it saw freedom of speech rightly as an individual right where each individual can express him or herself and their views in the democratic state. And it saw uh, uh, free speech is very important to democracy. It's how our democracy functions as we speak to each other as citizens and we convince each other and we speak to our officials and we convince them and criticize them. So robust free speech rights seem to be important to that constitutional order. All that is, is true as far as it goes. Uh, but what they were missing out on is the free civil society wherein we do things that aren't part of our democratic state. And the constitution protects a broad swath of the civil society, uh, limiting uh, federal power in all sorts of ways, and also limiting um, uh, uh, government control over groups. Uh, so the assembly clause was intended to limit the, the state control over groups. And so that kind of ideological lens really warped how the court saw freedom of association. Now, will this impact, I mean, I, I'm automatically thinking of examples of Catholic schools who want to ensure that their employees, uh, you know, match the uh, the teaching, the philosophy of the Catholic Church. Uh, we're seeing cases right now where these are having to go all the way up to the Supreme Court uh, because there is a clear conf conflict of interest. Or employers just wanting to make sure they have the, the uh, employees of, of a similar mindset than, and than they do. How does this uh, sort of uh, mixing and matching of these, uh, these two things, freedom of speech and freedom of assembly, freedom of association, start to create trouble for these organizations? That's my question. But that music means we got to go to a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Dr. Luke Sheehan about this topic. You know, there's a, a study just today I saw in the headlines. 66% of all students support speaker shutdowns. 23% even support using violence to stop them speaking on a campus. I think that ties in. We'll talk about that coming up next. Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum. Andy Serkis himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now. Though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn. And your road lies with him, I think, Mary. 
But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, and Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Uh, Dr. Luke Sheehan is our guest. He is the author of Why Associations Matter, the Case for First Amendment Pluralism. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Sheehan. Thank you. Uh, So just before the break, I brought up uh, the point of how this topic will affect the real world lives of, uh, in our particular case, Catholics, like at Catholic schools, employers, uh, how about student organizations um, that that come together with the Catholic philosophy and theology in mind, and yet are being sort of forced to accept people who are very anti-Catholic. How would this issue affect them? Yeah, so that's a good question. So the Supreme Court had a case uh, dealing with student groups in 2010, Christian Legal Society versus Martinez. I spent a good portion of, of uh, the book talking about this case. Uh, I think it's, it was a very uh, dangerous move that the court made there. Now, what the court said is this, Christian organization uh, for law students at Hastings College of the Law in California. Um, it, it couldn't uh, uh, choose its members and its leaders based upon uh, their um, Christian beliefs. So it allowed a public university to impose membership requirements upon a religious group that excluded them from using uh, religion as their membership criteria. Uh, and the reason they did so is that they thought that uh, the university could decide that it was more important uh, that, say, students encounter views they disagree with and these sorts of things within that student group and that that student group had its freedom of association. Now, the, um, uh, the case law had indicated that if groups were expressive, uh, then they could uh, exclude based upon their expressive purpose. So you would think that the argument here would be that this is a religious group, uh, their views are religious, and therefore they can choose their members based upon their views. Mm-hmm. But what the court said is that the students can express whatever views they want as individuals. Uh, no one is making them believe anything. No one is forcing them to express any views they don't agree with. Uh, they simply cannot exclude members who would disagree with their Christian beliefs, uh, the beliefs of Christian legal society. Uh, so you can see the possible ramifications for plenty of other groups in society. Uh, and Remember, this is a religious group. So the free exercise clause in the First Amendment, uh, uh, the court actually dismissed a free exercise clause argument in a footnote in that case. Um, it just did not even even encounter it at all. Um, so it spent uh, its time and, and the expressive association argument um, did nothing for the group because the court said, no, they have plenty of freedom of expression. 
Um, why would they need their associational rights? Uh, and so it's it, the, the ram- possible ramifications of this are um, are very broad. If that's the argument the court is going to make, well, you have your free speech rights. You as an individual can express your views. Uh, why should you be able to uh, not hire teachers who disagree with your uh, views? So you can see the broad ramifications. The court's been better since then uh, regarding, say, a, a religious school, um, saying, well, the, the, te- the school should be able to decide uh, that its teachers are, you know, agree with the, uh, with the, uh, the views of the school. It's called the ministerial exception. Um, so generally, in terms of employment decisions, the uh, organizations have to uh, abide by employment law and not discriminate on the basis of religion. The difference is religious organizations and ministers. Um, and, and the court has permitted uh, uh, organizations to define minister very broadly. So it'll include um, school teachers and a Catholic school and things like that. Um, so some of that case law has come down reasonably well. Uh, but they've never repudiated or redefined uh, their understanding of freedom of association. They had the opportunity to, in a recent case, uh, Americans for Prosperity versus Bonta that just came down this summer. Uh, and they they didn't uh, uh, go a better direction there. They did rule rightly on behalf of the group. Um, that case dealt with um, donor disclosure. And they said that California had a very uh, stringent uh, uh, donor disclosure requirement. So you're required to uh, give your tell the state of California who, who your donors were, um, which is uh, a, a violation of freedom of association in terms of anonymous membership and that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, and the court did side with the group in that, uh, but it didn't articulate a strong uh, associational principle there. And it had the opportunity to, uh, so it was very disappointing. And but it, uh, there's a lot uh, lurking in the case law that could be very dangerous for groups. What I'm confused about is that I pretty much never hear the term freedom of association in the public square, in legal matters, when people are talking about freedom of speech, when people talk about speakers getting canceled, when people talk, all these different things, it never comes up in conversation. Is freedom of association something that's under attack or is it something that we should be using more often and how do we use it practically in daily life, like if we're, how, do, how does this work exactly? Because I, I, I'm hearing it and I'm understanding what you're saying, but at the same time, it seems like this is just something that's in the in a footnote in legal text, but isn't actually usable or useful in daily life. Yeah, good. So yeah, freedom of association. I mean, uh, I'd say you you practice your freedom of association uh, all the time. You go to church on Sunday. Uh, you're associating with your uh, fellow Catholics or fellow Christians or uh, for that matter, um, uh, for some people, it'd be their fellow Buddhists. Uh, you uh, are going to work and you're associating with your fellow co-workers. Um, you go to your chess club, you're associating with your fellow chess club uh, members. Um, you join your Facebook group, you're joining with, uh, it's called bur- virtual association or virtual assembly. Um, so it's a right that we practice quite a bit, but you're right. It doesn't, it's actually not really part of our, uh, you might say, political and social lingo. We don't think about it quite in those terms of how essential this right is. Uh, what's interesting is Alexis de Tocqueville, uh, the great observer of American life in the in the middle of the 19th century. One thing he noticed about Americans is that they associate for all sorts of matters. He says the English have great aristocrats who accomplish things. The French have the government that accomplishes things, but Americans have their associations. So all these everyday citizens, uh, whenever they want to accomplish something, they hold a meeting and they start a group and then they do it. So they think a school is important and they form an association and they form a school board and they raise money and they hire teachers and they hire a principal and they have their school. They think a seminary is important. Uh, they do the exact same thing. They 
have a meeting, they um, uh, hire professors and they fundraise and they do it. They want to build a barn and they, they get together, they come up with a plan and then they execute it. And the citizens just do this on their own. It's very, this vibrant civil society life. And it never really occurs to anyone to appeal to the government. Um, so this right of association is a really important right of concrete self-government uh, where people can go about deciding things for their lives in association with others. So I have a, a friend of mine uh, uh, started a small school uh, for his children and his friend's children. There's just four couples involved with it, but they decided uh, that they wanted to decide uh, their children's education. They formed an association uh, and then they're, uh, they're doing it right now. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, that's an essential part of self-government um, is actually deciding for ourselves, association with others, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So it's a really essential part, but it's not really part of, of how we talk about it. And the Supreme Court has been terrible mm. in terms of articulating this in the terms in which it would be uh, described. So I would say my friend has uh, the right to peaceably assemble to decide on the educational uh, values he wants to inculcate in his children. Um, and uh, similar with the other parents. Um, and we have the right to peaceably assemble uh, in all sorts of things. So what Tocqueville was observing in the 1830s, um, what Robert Putnam has been concerned about in terms of the decline of civil society, all of that is broadly under that assembly clause. Um, but it's just been lost uh, lost in Supreme Court jurisprudence, and it's been lost in kind of our, our common lingo or the way we relate to each other and discuss it. Luke Sheehan is our guest. Uh, I want to. We have about uh, four minutes left in our conversation. I want to go back to something uh, we, we were talking about a minute ago, and that was that case in 2010, the Christian Legal Society versus Martinez, and how that affected the student groups. Because I want to tie in this article that I just saw today. Um, the Fire dot org has got an article out uh, the two, two, the 2021 college free speech rankings, in which they sort of summarize some of the. Uh, some of the results here, 66% of all students uh, support speaker shutdowns. So we're thinking of uh, cases like when uh, Michael Knowles or uh, Yiannopoulos comes to town and then they, they don't want them speaking on their campus and then they try to shut them down. It says uh, 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 it's up 4% percentage points from last year. 23% even support using violence to stop a speaker, up 5 percentage points from last year. And I guess my question is, do you see, uh, one of my original questions was, do you see the connection between mixing freedom of speech and freedom of association as a mechanism through which we see a decline of overall freedoms and is this statistic or is this uh, sort of this survey for all whatever it's worth is this evidence that as a society we are declining uh, in this regard yeah so uh yeah i think it's be better off describing our our liberties uh somewhat separately they overlap obviously. got about two minutes sorry uh, and uh, but it, it'd be better off if we um, if we saw them as separate. So uh, I just explained, uh, you know, freedom of association gets hemmed in by mixing it with freedom of speech. Um, the other side of that is you might also lose aspects of freedom of speech if you combine it with freedom of association. And there is a big concern uh, with um, losing our sense of how important freedom of speech is. Um, and the statistics you decided, uh, Fire is a very good organization. Um, and so they do a very good job uh, keeping track of these things and um, and pushing back against these things. And I, uh, um, it's it's a big concern that uh, to see that decline. And it will, you know, the concern here with student groups, for example, is if uh, they're willing to you know, shut down uh, speakers, they're going to be willing to push off groups they dislike. 
Um, so, uh, you know, what about your, your little, um, you know, Campus Crusade for Christ? What about your Newman Center? Um, what about those sorts of groups that may be uh, becoming increasingly unpopular? Um, can we just push them off campus? And it seems like the answer, especially after Christian Legal Society versus Martinez, is yes, you can. Or at least you can say uh, to the Newman Center, well, you can't require Catholics to be your leaders. Uh, well, uh, not sure what the point of the Newman Center is if it doesn't have Catholics as its yeah. leaders. So <laughs> right. uh, uh, this can be a way in which um, they're kind of shut down or at least they're made uh, irrelevant. Yeah, amen. All right, well, we have got to go. Unfortunately, that music means it's time to say goodbye. But Dr. Luke Sheehan, author of Why Associations Matter, The Case for First Amendment Pluralism. Thank you for your time today, and uh, we appreciate it. God bless you and God love you and have a great day. Thank you very much. All right. Check them out online at LukeSheehan.com. That's S-H-E-A-H-A-N, LukeSheehan.com. That is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. We're going to be posting both of these conversations later today on our social feeds. Be sure to check that out. But don't forget about the giveaway for The Lord of the Rings uh, with Andy Serkis. Four free copies of it. It's almost 23-hour-long audiobook. Incredibly well-produced. And you're going to want to tune in to tomorrow's show with Joseph Pierce to talk about the Catholic faith of Tolkien. And uh, in there lies the clue on how to win, but you have to be on our email list, too, which you can do right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful, or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Do you know any Lord of the Rings fans? Well, you could possibly win one of four free downloads of the brand new audiobook narrated by Gollum, Andy Serkis himself. I don't think the riders will want to be bothered with me now. Though, of course, the king did say that I was to sit by him when he came to his house and tell him all about the Shire. Yes, said Aragorn, and your road lies with him, I think, Mary. But do not look for mirth at the end. If you would like to try to win one of four free copies, downloads of this nearly 23-hour-long production by Andy Serkis, make sure to tune in to our interview with Joseph Pierce on Thursday at 6.30 a.m. Central, and then sign up to our email list on our website. But for myself and any that will go with me, I, for one, cried Legolas, 
And Gimli with him. You must be on our email list. Sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. You're halfway through it the whole week. I mean, Friday is just going to be right around the corner. God is so very good. Uh, it's also an Ember Day. So if you don't know what Ember Days are, well, what a wonderful opportunity to do some Googling today, to look up Ember Days and learn a little bit more about the tradition and patrimony of Holy Mother Church. Praise be to God. Uh, so we'll maybe chat about that a little bit today. But in this hour, we, of course, are going to have the good news segment. We're going to have uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then we'll do Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show where prizes are involved and you could win. Yesterday, Daniel scored a perfect score. And i got to say, two of those questions I thought were kind of tricky. And he still did very good. So it's all Easy Question Wednesday. So if you would like to be our contestant, make sure to call in first when I give out the phone number. If you want to give yourself an advantage, well, then head over to our website and find the phone number. Just click on the Fear and Trembling link, and it'll take you to it at grnonline.com forward slash cdt, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Speaking of giveaways, uh, good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? I'm not. I know we, we, we talked about this the first week. <laughs> we did? did? Okay, I've forgotten that. See, I forgot that we talked about that. And now I'm reliving the nightmare. Okay. All right. So not a big Lord of the Rings. So you've never seen the movie then? I've never seen the movie, unfortunately. Any of them? There's no. like six of them. No. I think maybe I started one you, and then I just got if, lost and bored. And if so Tolkien just... <laughs> was in a police lineup, could you identify him? No. You have no idea what he looks like. Uh Well, the good news is we're giving out four free copies of the... Of a digital uh, audiobook uh, download of uh, Andy's. Why are you laughing over there, Adrian Fonseca, on the ones and twos? Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be you should here. Have, you should have asked could, Adrian. Could, could you identify Andy Circus? I mean, that's the better question. Andy Circus. Do you know who Andy Circus? Yeah, is? he's that short guy that's short. like very skinny. Mm-hmm. He walks on all fours. Big bulging eyeballs. Big bulging eyeballs. Bald. Says yeah, my I, precious. A yeah, lot. that yeah. guy. I know him. That guy. Yeah. That guy. He was also like uh, as, as tall as a three-story building in star wars uh, as snoke oh he was snoke he was snoke i didn't know that you did not know that no i didn't know what that. come wow. on that was a horrible character it was it was supposed to be an evil character it was horrible character i mean he may have been evil but it wasn't very good <laughs> it was very good uh, i thought he got a bad rap and how he demise his demise anyway we're getting off track okay lord of the rings we'll go back to lord of the rings <laughs> so here's the deal i've got four copies to give away of the fellowship of the ring audiobook narrated by smeagol by Gollum, by andy circus it is very well produced 
We love it at our place, and I'm giving away four free copies to to four of you. So you could win, but you need to do two things. One, you need to tune into tomorrow's program, 6.35 a.m. Central, 7.35 for the East Coast. Uh, we're going to be talking with Joseph Pierce about the Catholic faith of J.R.R. Tolkien and whether or not that Catholic lens is the proper way to see the Lord of the Rings. We're going to have that conversation tomorrow, and in that conversation will lie the clue to winning one of four of these downloads. The other thing you need to do is be on our email list, which you can sign up right on our webpage at grnonline.com forward slash cdt, because I will be emailing you the instructions and what you need to do in order to get your uh, your chance to win. So do those things. By the way, you can also pull out your your cell phone and you could just text to join our email list. All you need to do is text the letters GRN to the number 42828. So if you type in a brand new text message to the number 42828 and then in the message put in the letters GRN together uh, and send it, you should be able to join our email list that way as well. So two ways to join, grnonline.com forward slash CDT or texting the letters GRN to the number 42828. So good luck and uh, praise be to God, it's going to be fun. So if you are if you know any Lord of the Rings fans, make sure they're tuning in tomorrow because I'll be sending the email with the instructions tomorrow evening. And then, uh, so it'll be the first four people who respond to that are going to get the download. So act fast, hurry now, share, share, share. We'd be grateful to you. All right. So last hour, we had a great conversation with Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine. And then we also talked with Dr. Lou Sheehan about uh, freedom of speech and freedom of association. You'd think it'd be a dry conversation, but I think it was an important conversation nonetheless because uh, it is, uh, we're seeing a decline in society on, on freedoms, and, uh, and there was a good conversation there. So we'll post both of those to our social feeds uh, pretty soon. But let's pray, let's dive in and get started this hour. We have uh, good news coming up, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, Fear and Trembling, and then in the after show we will do uh, a, a casual chat with you, the audience, on the live video feed. So make sure you do that as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janice Valenzuela. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. This is Janice, and here are your uh, happy news for today. From Alec, from Elidia, the woman responsible for mapping the vast land holdings of the Catholic Church are being is being acknowledged for her environmental contribution. Molly Burhans, founder of Goodlands, recently earned a National Earth Care Award. Burhans received the award for the way she has used her maps to help address climate change. Founder, founded in 1975, the Earth Care Award honors individuals and organizations that have made unique contributions to the international environment, environmental conversation. From Epic Times, a 13-year-old boy home alone with four young sisters saves his siblings after the house catches fire. A Wisconsin family ha- had their teenage son to thank for getting his four little sisters outside their house caught from fire earlier this month. 
Praise God. From Catholic News Agency last year, the Vatican, the Vatican's nativity set came for some from outer space in 2020, but in 2021, it is coming from Andes. The 2021 nativity scene is placed in the St. Peter's Square in the Vatican to celebrate Christmas, which will arrive from the town of Chapco, Peru, a small town nestled in the Andes over 12,000 feet high. From Catholic News Agency, the blood of St. Jan- Januarius patron of the Italian city of Naples liquefied on Sunday the miraculous event took place in the city's cathedral of the Assumption of Mary during the mass of September 19th the saints feast day during the miracle the dried red colored mass confined to one side of the relic- reliquary becomes blood that covers the entire glass and local lore the failure of the blood to liquefy signals war famine disease or any other disaster the osv catholic institute has awarded three catholic ministries one hundred thousand dollars for being innovative and creative in their new catholic initiative the three winners are catholics in recovery which helps victims of addiction abuse and Femme Catholic, which is a Catholic organization for Catholic women, and Redbird Ministries, which is an organization helping those that have lost a loved one, which were both, which were all three announced as the winners of 2021's OSV Challenge. From Catholic Vote, Pope Francis advanced the sainthood cause of Maria Cristina Cella Morellin, who sacrificed her life for her child by refusing chemotherapy treatment in order to save the life of her unborn baby. The Lord wanted your births, your birth despite all the problems that there were, she wrote in 1995 letter to her baby before she died at the age of 26. When we found out about you, we loved you and we wanted you with all of our hearts. On September 11, the Archdiocese of Los Angeles began a jubilee year this past year forward in mission to mark the 250th anniversary since the region's first church. Mission San Gabriel, founded in 1771 by St. Junipero Serra, exhibited a 250-year cathedral exhibition which, quote, was stated as the church has left an inevitable mark on our culture here from the street names to the city names and everything in between. And this exposition will be available through September 10, 2022. And lastly, with many institutions of higher learning taking a hit following a year of lockdowns, restrictions and economic uncertainty, some Catholic universities find themselves thriving challenging national trends with record-breaking enrollments for the 2021 to 2022 academic year the university of dallas ave maria university christendom college and thomas aquinas college are among the catholic institutions institution institutions of higher learning that report incoming classes as being substantially higher than any previous class these trends tend to be based on national level reports which have shown a 3.5 decline in the past spring for other secular universities and these are your headline news for this morning god love you and have a blessed wednesday
the saint of the day is a uh, French saint, so a lot of French words today. He is, she is Saint Saddleberga, was born in the 7th century in Toul, France. She was born to the nobility and a daughter of Duke Gundoin and sister of Saint Bodo. She was blind as a child, but was healed by Saint Eustace of Luxel. She was married and but widowed after two months. She was married to Saint Blandinus of Leon and the mother of five, including Saint Baldwin and Saint Anthrudis of Leon. Their children grown, Saloberga and Blandinus, Blandinus, separated each to enter religious life. She became a nun at Polangi and worked with St. Valdobert of Luxel to found the convent of St. John the Baptist in Léon, France, and she served there as its abbess. She died in 665 in Léon, France. St. Saddleberga, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Jesus summoned the twelve and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither walking stick, nor sack, nor food, nor money, and let no one take a second tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. And as for those who do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet in testimony against them. Then they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and curing diseases everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the comments from the early church fathers in the last hour about this, but I'll say this. Uh, the shake the dust off the feet. Remember the time of mercy is upon us, but the time of judgment is also coming. And uh, memento mori, right? So let's keep that in the back of our minds because even the dust will give witness against us unless we take maximum benefit and use of the time of mercy. Uh, the Ignatius commentary said, those who reject God's kingdom disqualify themselves from its blessings. So we get to choose. Do we want the covenant curses or the covenant blessings? We better act fast and we better act now. Adrian, did you find anything? Yes. So one thing that I wanted to point out is the very first verse there. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Now, there are a couple things that to note here. One thing is power and authority. So they show that he, they have not just the authority to do something, but the power to execute that, those things that he has power, that they have the authority over. What do they have authority over? Well, two things is listed here. One is the power over the devils and the other is power over diseases. Many modernists will say that the, the diseases were often over, uh, thought to be possessions by demons and so people would uh, were when they were convulsing on the ground they're like oh these simple people back then just didn't know that those were diseases and they thought that was a devil no this is not the case we knew back then the difference between being possessed and having a disease and our lord gave the, the authority to heal both possession and diseases to the apostles and their successors now the reformers or the alleged reformers the revolutionaries uh, during the 500s calvin and luther one of the critiques of the time was they said you guys claim to be having the true gospel but you don't do miracles what's up with that and so the calvin responded and said oh yeah we don't do miracles but you know the miracles that they do yeah those yeah sure they do them but they're actually from the devil and so it's interesting to note because calvin and luther admit 
that miracles were happening in the Catholic Church. They just said, oh, well, they're not real miracles. Those are miracles from the devil. And so they, but they themselves, they admitted, they said, oh, you're right. We actually don't perform miracles, but our miracles are the miracles of the gospel. Um, and so it's very interesting to note, our Lord confirms his church by the miracles that he allows his saints to do through the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's very important to note. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, it is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. Hey, would you like to win prizes, dear listener? Well, you have an opportunity. You get three chances to get in on the prize drawing this week, but you have to call, and you should call right now at 877-757-9424. We'll take the first caller to be our contestant. You don't need to know the answers to win our game. It's that easy. It's that fun. At 877 It is all easy question Wednesday today at 877-757-9424. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trimbley is coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But here's the deal. The phone lines are wide open. And if you would like to play, if you've never played or it's been a long time, call now. You have a great opportunity of being our contestant at 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. That phone line is open at 
757-9424. So the first caller gets to be the contestant, possibly win the prizes. Here's the deal, though. There are a few secret agenda items I don't tell anybody. So please keep this between us, okay? But number one, uh, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something, and that's super cool, praise be to God. We like to have fun, and the contestants tend to be a good time, and that's always, you know, really awesome. Uh, but we give out prizes, making it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. We will not ask this caller any other questions. So they don't have to know any of the answers to still win the game. What we will do instead is ask Janice, and we will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Do they trust Janice? Do they trust Adrian? Every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Uh, Janice, what could they win? This week we have a great sponsor from Catholic Gentlemen, uh, their Catholic Gentlemen store, they are giving a, giving away a coffee mug and leather patch hat. So earlier we had said this week that it was a leather book, but it was small correction. It's a leather patch hat. It's very similar. Yes, very, very similar. similar. So it's a it's a hat with a leather patch. I write on, on both. I, that's how I get in touch with my emotions. By the way. It's through the leather patch hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I when, when I think of journaling, I think of prayer. I think of a, a, I a pray prayer all the journal time <laughs> with the hat nearby. Yeah, <laughs> the hat nearby <laughs> within within looking distance. All right. So, uh, well, thank you to Catholic Gentlemen for being a great sponsor of Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling this week. Let's go to the phones and play our game. And again, thank you everybody for trying to call in and being a contestant. Uh, if you don't get in today, call back tomorrow. You'll have another chance. But Emilio, good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our. Program program thanks for having me praise be to god amelia where are you from uh san antonio texas nice uh, born and raised yes sir where'd you go to high school oh i we've had this conversation before actually. You, you and i have yeah and uh you obviously answered in the affirmative i imagine uh, judson high school <laughs> home of the mighty rockets greatest yeah. high school football team ever on planet earth no, the opposite. The, the greatest high school is Alamo Heights High School. <laughs> that is cute, Emilio. Uh, super <laughs> sweet that you would think that. But okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where do you go to church anyway? Uh, Our Lady of Grace. Hey, praise be to God, Our Lady of Grace. Well, Emilio, it's good to have you back on the program. You're obviously a veteran here. Uh, have you formed any opinions about Janice, though, and her level of trickiness? Uh, she is pretty tricky, yeah. I admit. Yeah, yeah. You really got to keep a sharp ear out, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, good for you. Good luck for you today because I believe it is all easy question Wednesday. So it should be, you know, not bad. But let's just get things going here. We will start with Janice, as is our custom. Uh, Janice, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I'm ready to play. Are you sure? Yes. You always ask me three times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Janice, can you tell me? Who helps the bishops in the care of souls? Um, the bit. Uh, who cares? Who, who helps? Cares? Who helps? The who bishops? assists the bishops in oh, the that, care that's of souls? The, the, the deacons. The deacons. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Okay. The deacons help. Yeah. With the care of the souls. Okay. I see. They're uh, known as the helpers. The helpers. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Fantastic. Uh, Adrian, uh, maybe we should ask you, Adrian. Can you tell me? Who helps the bishops in the care of souls? Who helps the bishop in the care of souls? That would be the priest, especially really? parish priest. Really? Absolutely. Interesting. So, uh, 
So Adrian is saying it's the priest, but Janice says it's the deacons, which is right. Who is right? Who is wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Emilio, what say you? I am going to go with Adrian. Are you sure? What? You didn't what even, a safe, you safe, didn't safe even choice. Let him finish. Safe Adrian. choice. <laughs> he finished. He gave the right answer. I'm going to just give everybody who says Adrian the the the, uh, the bell from now on. Uh, can I remind you know? uh, the listening audience that uh, it is Adrian the Tricky is his uh, moniker? Right? What is it? What was it? Adrian the what? The innocent? The, no. Mm-mm. The intelligent? No. Mm-mm. The All genius? Right. Okay. Eh, enough. Em- Emilio, congratulations. You you discerned correctly, sir. It is the priest. Praise be to God. You're in the cup. How do you feel? Feel awesome. I really want to win those prizes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, persistence pays off. Let's go with uh, the second question here or see if we can't double your chances. Again, super easy. We'll start with Adrian anyway. The genius. Um, Adrian, Adrian, can you tell me what is the name of the book containing the divine office recited by the clergy every day? That would be the breviary. The breviary. It is. Okay. Okay. Um, gee, uh, Janice, I, I'm really curious now. Uh, could you tell me what is the name of the book containing the divine office recited by the clergy every day? Mm. I think this question is tricky because the mm-hmm. answer is in the question. Is it? Yeah. It's it's called the divine office. The divine office. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is, I guess, kind of tricky. Um, Emilio, let me summarize for you. (laughs) Janice seems to think it's called the Divine Office, uh, making it a circular question. Whereas Adrian seems to think it's called the Breviary. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Emilio, what say you? Goodness gracious. Um, (laughs) I'll go with uh, Janice this time. Uh... <laughs> I I told you I I, I gave you the answer uh, to go with Adrian and and what does he do he, he squanders you, it you, squanders it Can I just point out Dang how it. quick Adrian is on the buzzer I mean just like there's no time there to, There were seconds there I was I was gonna help uh, poor Emilio with that but okay All right so well don't no fret worries. don't fret <laughs> This next one gotta be easy It's gotta mm, be it's I don't know. Be. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to get you in that cup twice, Emilio, today. Uh, here we go. We're, we're back to Janice this time. Uh, Janice, uh, can you tell me, what is the proper term used to address cardinals? Mm, that so we, would... we had a bishop on the other day. Yes. So and we, we called him Excellency. What do we call cardinals? It would be your eminence. Your eminence. Your eminence. That sounds very, like, you know, respectful or... Mm-hmm. That's big. It's huge. Yeah. So we call cardinals your eminence. Your eminence. Okay. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what is the proper term used to address cardinals? Yes, that would be your beatitude. Your beatitude. Mm-hmm. Wow. That that's pretty special. That is pretty special. Um, it's like, like really special. Really yeah. special. That's a technical term, by the way. Tet- really, uh, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Emilio, here's the deal. Uh, what do we call cardinals? Well, Adrian seems to think it's your beatitude, whereas uh, Janice seems to think it's your eminence. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Emilio, what say you? Uh, 
I am Jenny's. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. It's a little morning, morning, morning cough. I guess. I go with Janice. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I think he. I think he uh, was hurt from the last question that he was hesitant to. Hesitate. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I had to choose between the two of you, I think I might hesitate too. But Emilio, you are correct. It is, in fact, your eminence. Speaking of your beatitude, Adrian, what is beatitude mean? Yes, your beatitude. Well, beatitude just mean your blessedness, but your be- beatitude refers to the patriarchs. So the patriarchs' title is your beatitude, and the word bravery comes from the Latin breviarium, which means a, a brief statement or a summary, because it's a, a shorter book of prayer for a Catholic priest, which is a divine office. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Praise cool. be to God. Well, Emilio, you're in for two. I, you got good chances this time, I think, Emilio. Even if you went to Alamo Heights, I think it could be good for you. <laughs> Praise be to God, Emilio. We are going to put you back on hold, as is our custom, to make sure we get your number, but God bless you. God love you. Thanks for being a good sport today, and and playing the game. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio site. Don't forget about the giveaway, the Lord of the Rings giveaway. If you know any Lord of the Rings fans, make sure they tune in tomorrow for our first hour guest segment and be on our email list and possibly win one of four free downloads of the Andy Circus narrated Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Rings audio book. It's nearly 23 hours. It's pretty good. You're going to love it. But you got to be on the email list to get that. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Spread the word among Lord of the Rings fans. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll see you in the after show on the live video feed. Until then, may God richly bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, uh, where we get, obviously, a lot more casual about our conversation. Uh, uh, Sonia. Good morning to you, Sonia Morales. Praise be to God. It's good to have you here. She says, the audience is fun, too, and sometimes helps. We are also not tricky at all. Not at all. Not at all. I believe everybody but me. San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, I feel sorry for everybody who calls in from San Antonio because unless they went to Judson, automatic teasing goes goes on. I'm on their side. You're on their side, of course you are. I'm the uh, Adrian Contra uh, Joe. Contra Contra. Adrianus Contra Josef. I was going to say Contra Mundi, but okay. No. Yeah, Adrian against the world for sure. Well, that's probably true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Who's on today? Uh, Madeline Seven. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today, Tammy. Andy Amber Carey. But I forgot to mention this, and Andy was trying to remind me to, and I said thanks for a reminder, and I never mentioned it. And that is today kicks off the Forty Days for Life campaign. So uh, praise be to God for that. If you don't know what Forty Days for Life is, go see Unplanned. 
Yeah, or yeah. just go to 40daysforlife.com. Oh, yeah, that too. But <laughs> I was just talking about, like, the, if you want to know the origins. Go of, watch it Unplanned. Yeah, yeah. Unplanned. It's very good. Yeah, it is very good. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to be on Abby Johnson's podcast next week, I think. Nice. Yeah. And uh, she's the, uh, the center of that movie, Unplanned. Man, I never get these invites. Um, well, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll change that for yeah. you. Alaric, okay. Colin, good morning to you. Eric, Mary, Barone, good morning to you. Uh, praise be to God. Mike K is over on odyssey.com. Paul from Buffalo was on our website today. Uh, who else is on? Let's see. On the Facebook side, Buddy's on as usual. Praise be to God. Good morning, Buddy. Uh, Michelle, got all our regulars. Patty's on. And Joe Pojman, he's not Poyman. a return. Poyman. Poyman. Yeah. He's not a return commenter, but first time in a while. So welcome back to the yeah, show. Praise be to God. Ubi is on. Uh, Sean's wife. Uh, Sean, one of our coworkers, our colleagues over in San Antonio. Is that right? Ubi. Am I, Good I to see you. Correctly. Praise be to God. Uh, Josh Noel is on with us. Praise be to God. Uh, Don, Monica, Lori, and Gloria on the Facebook side. And I think you caught everyone on YouTube, no? Uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to stop, uh, stop addressing it every time I say it. This is good, no? This is good, no? <laughs> you, you say yes, no? <laughs> this is an inside joke. Uh, this is uh, our friend Cesar uh, from the TFP locally. That's his catchphrase. No? Yeah. Yes, it is. Exactly. Tammy, good morning to you. Unplanned is a powerful movie. Yes, it is. You know, a uh, funny thing about the Unplanned film uh, when I watched it was the um, this the abortion scenes were gratuitous and yet very intense. Mm-hmm. They were still very intense, which is a commentary not just on the film but on movie making itself, on how we live in a day and a time where over the top is the standard, and yet it's not needed. Finesse works, right? Uh, we used to there used to be a day when movies would use more gratuitous uh, scenes of violence, sex, those kinds of things. They would communicate uh, what their the emotions and the intensity of scenes without having to be over the top, and uh, and that's no longer the case. And Planned Parent, uh, the movie um, um, Unplanned, Unplanned, thank you, uh, did a good job of that. I thought because I thought they were very intense scenes. I thought so too. And you know, one of the things is rest back to the conversation we had with Patrick Coffin a while ago that that one's on youtube it's censored on youtube i cut out the parts where we talk about the unspoken word uh the word that should not be said and uh (laughs) and i cut those parts out so you can watch the full interview on rumble but if you go watch that interview we talked about this exact issue they used to have the legion of decency uh that was run by the u.s catholic bishops and this was uh, they. This was the reason why so many uh, organizations, so many movies, were had this like you, like you said, the, like these uh, scenes that were obviously very violent scenes and very uh, gruesome scenes. But you didn't see the gruesome parts of it. You still right. felt all the emotion that was necessary. Yeah. But it wasn't just like being like a slaughter fest. It wasn't so uh, like we think of these slasher films today, yeah. and they're so gross to watch. Like I. I never really liked horror movies because I've never seen a horror movie that wasn't just gruesome. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of the um, the attitude there. But the, one of the good things about it is, like, you get movies like Psycho where you see, like, one of the most famous scenes ever where the woman in the shower gets murdered. But what do you never see? You never see her actually get stabbed. Right. You never see her naked. You never like it covers her body. It shows right. the shadow. It shows her screaming, and you feel all the effects that you need without it shoving uh, vileness right in your face. Yeah. And uh, that's what's necessary. Yeah, and I just think it's a lost art. 
you I know, think so too. Uh, of storytelling. Like they've, and maybe, maybe you can argue, well, it's the horror film genre that sort of changed all that, or maybe it was films like Braveheart that changed all that. Because when I remember when Braveheart came out, it was like one of the most violent films we'd ever seen, and the set in the context of history, Saving Private Ryan, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe those cha- those films helped to change all that, but I, I honestly believe it. It started before it, and uh, I think the horror film genre is part to blame for that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, things like that. Ugh. Yeah. That movie. It's, I saw part of that movie. Freddy. I watched it. Freddy. For, uh, I never saw Freddy. I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I ended up leaving because it was so, it was so yeah. gross. And, it, you know, it's it, when I was young, I watched everything and all, er, all things. Now that I'm, uh, I'm an old I'm, man, I'm an elder statesman. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I, no contradictions over here. I tend to avoid films that, like, for instance, John Wick. Mm. No, thanks. Uh, a little too over the top, you know, um, unless I can watch them on filter. If I can watch uh, watch them on filter, then I may I may dabble into that because I like action films. I'd say I really like John Wick. I like martial, <laughs> I like martial arts films, but I don't need the in-your-face, uh, over-the-top violence or language. I can't stand films that curse incessantly or take the Lord's name in vain all the time. Um they just, I can't take those films anymore. I just stop what, watching. What I hate is the homosexual agenda being pushed Well, in there's movies. that too. And that is like in every movie, a great example of this. I went to go to the movies a few weeks ago and it was, uh, and this is, it's so like, we talked to, uh, to Zachary King and we didn't get a chance to talk about this in particular, but it was said in one of his interviews that he, uh, that there was a spell put on Hollywood that, uh, to have, um, a homosexual character in every a major movie and television show. And sure enough, in the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi, uh, which is a, a martial art film, uh, pseudo martial art film, and it's supposed to be about a Chinese superhero kind of thing. It was a pretty decent movie. It, it was kind of, it wasn't great, not great acting. Overall, a B-list movie, maybe C-list movie. Really? But the, that the, bad? Yeah, but the fighting scenes were fun. The fighting scenes were fun. So it's worth watching for that reason. But... For no reason whatsoever. So Shang-Chi and his, and his girlfriend, I suppose, I guess they weren't really dating, but anyway, are sitting there at dinner with a, with a, with a family, two parents, uh, who are friends of them, a man and a woman, married, and they're having a conversation. And the woman, the, the wife, casually mentions in the conversation just randomly for no reason whatsoever, just goes, yeah, I remember back when I was, when I divorced my wife, and no reason whatsoever. It had nothing to just, do with the movie. We interrupt this plot to, to bring, bring you sodomy. <laughs> exactly. And it just like, out of a complete left field, it's like, yeah. we had to include the fact that this woman, right. even though she's currently married to a man now, yeah. we had to include the fact that she was gay and that she is gay, or I guess bisexual. Yeah. It's a requirement. Yeah. It's absurd. And it's shoved in our faces. And it's done in such subtle ways to make it normal. Just yeah. kind of like the way they made divorce and abortion normal. They did that in the movies too. They just like ca- started casually pushing in divorce into tv shows and yeah. then i think it was i love lucy that first had a major character have an abortion they're like oh my goodness it made it sympathetic it's a horrific thing they do it's with yeah. media yeah it is so there's a lot of trouble we we always end up on movies don't we yeah i know so, right by the way okay so over the weekend i failed to mention this on the show but i watched the legend of bagger vance again i hadn't watched that film in a very long time and I thought, oh, that there shouldn't be anything really earth-shattering in there, nothing too major to anything. 
uh, just, you know, entertainment. And so I watched it. The Legend of Bagger Vance. Show of hands, how many people have seen The Legend of Bagger Vance? We're talking Will Smith, Charlize Theron. We're talking Matt Damon here. Um, Are you sure you didn't mention it? I think I remember saying I've never heard was, of that before. It was after the show. Oh, we were, okay, we were, okay. It was the after. It after. was with David. Okay. Yeah, we were all hanging out, chatting, and I, I forgot that I had watched it. The Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, very fascinating. It, it, Will Smith's character, Bagger Vance, plays some sort of like guardian angel like a character uh who shows up to help uh matt damon's character who had gone to world war one and came back with post-traumatic stress syndrome and was sort of drinking himself into oblivion and charlene theron's character is trying to save her father's business after the great depression and uh and puts on a golf tournament with the greatest golfers of the time with a big uh, prize so to bring in business and to to bring people into town and uh, Bobby Jones and and uh, you know other people were predicted or depicted in the film as these great golfers and then they wanted the local favorite who happened to be Matt Damon's character before he went to the war he was an excellent golfer so they were trying to you know get this guy to compete to help you know bring up the the local fan base. But he was, uh, like I said, in PTSD and drinking and everything else. So Bagger Vance's character shows up, which is played by Will Smith, to help him overcome this depression and to sort of set him right. And, uh, you know, there's no real explicit Christianity going on in this film, but you can see the themes and you can see the subtle, the subtle tones. And uh, overall, very good movie uh, to, uh, to really just eat popcorn to. Uh, of course... Sports films, so it's kind of fun to watch, you know, uh, sports films that way. Uh, I enjoyed it. I would love to know what you guys thought. If you've ever seen The Legend of Bagger Vance and what your opinions are, that'd be good. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, sort of gratuity, so there's a, so there's some scenes in there, you know, uh, of a sexual nature where they didn't depict, they didn't go full out, they just sell the idea and then they leave it at that. Again, I think using a more, uh, a more finesse and creative uh, way to. Uh, communicate that part of the story that part of the emotion or the experience without having to get you know graphic and so i was glad that was the case the legend of bagger vance uh they don't make them like that anymore uh let us know in the comments if you've seen that film or if you've seen a film similar to that that you'd recommend i'd like to know that too uh poor josh he's like john wick wick is amazing it's a pretty good movie no would the, would the blessed virgin mary watch that with you josh i'm just curious would she sit down next to you and the two of you would binge out on on john wick <clears throat> i doubt it well i don't think i need to watch any movies at all <laughs> well, so ouch i'm just saying <laughs> I well so i guess that makes it right then so well, and i guess I would, that makes it okay then i guess we should just Get rid of all uh, movies. No movies, then all movies is what you're saying. No. Got it. Okay. Of course not. Check but I'm saying I'm, I'm Our Lady. Using the down. example of saying, would Our Lady do it? I mean, then we'd have to. I th- well, I, I, get rid I of, think it should shock all of like, our Would Our Lady eat junk food? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So I think that, that's not a great standard. Although of I'm curious. Saying whether something is sinful. If she wanted to eat junk food, which would she want to eat if she wanted to, but she doesn't? She wouldn't want she to. She wouldn't want to. But if she did, what would it be? She wouldn't. Mm. What? Mm. <laughs> Even, that's, that's a nonsense. Like, she does not want to, she nor would she ever do it. But if she would want to do what she did not want, <laughs> right. which one should she want? The answer is, of course, she wouldn't. couldn't do that, right? The answer would be Water, water burger. 
because it, it uh, you know it's 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 a it's supposed to be a joke but it does tie into similar our similar themes of our conversation with Luke in the first hour in that the 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 nature of freedom the nature and sort of the declining freedoms in our country but then what is the nature of freedom you we are given freedom so that we can do the right thing we aren't given freedom so that we can do the wrong thing and wrong things don't have rights right so uh if junk food is bad for you then our our lady would never want it under any circumstances isn't that the argument right because freedom according to aquinas so we kind of have a <laughs> josh says what what a burger would be her choice yeah obviously <laughs> he says and i agree but uh the but uh, the so we have a we have a false idea of rights and freedoms because what we kind of associate is the modern uh lockean or or i'm trying to think a uh, rousseauian idea of fast food is calvinist says josh patterson <laughs> Tammy's got the but, right idea. I think Tammy really has nailed this one for sure. Chocolate, it's God's gift to us. Yes. Yeah, uh, name but yeah, the, the Rousseauian and the Lockean idea of freedom and rights are associated with the with licentiousness, being able to do being free from the state to do as one pleases. And it kind of wraps into uh, our modern notion in America of what we think of when we say we have freedom. America. We have freedom from oppression, according to American standards. This is opposed to the Thomistic idea of freedom and rights because Thomistic freedom and rights was associated with the good. And so you have a right to do what God demands. You have the freedom to pursue the good. Um, and so this trickles down to everything else. So what do you, here's an example. We have a duty to worship God on Sundays. It is a duty given to us by God directly that we are required to worship him on Sundays. What does that mean? That means we have a right to worship him on Sunday. So the state cannot oppress you, cannot restrict you from worshiping on Sunday. Nobody can. Why? Because we have a duty. So duties imply oughts. Uh, duties imply rights. So you have a duty as a mother and a father to take care of your children, to take care of your offspring. Therefore, the children have a right to their life and have their right to your, you taking care of them uh, because it, it's related to the duty and obligations. In the same way we talk about freedom, our Lord uh, had free will, but... And whenever, and this actually goes back to our question on predestination we had months ago. What? Wait, um, what? Yeah, I'm sorry, this, no. yeah, no. We never that we never ended up having a guess for discussed predestination. I, I wish we did because it wasn't predestined to do so. It is predestined. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, but the uh, in regards to the predestination uh, discussion we had months ago was our Lord. Can our Lord? Could our Lord have sinned? And the answer is no. no. Of course not. Yeah. But then people say, well, then you have to say that our Lord did not have free will. And did he have free will? No, he yes, had the of course he had free, free will. will. Exactly. And because the answer is he has free will, but what is free will? Free will is the ability to choose the good. The fact that we have evil as an option. And this actually was our was Father's sermon on Sunday, last Sunday, actually. It's kind of funny. Well, this is but, also why I, I always criticize movies where Our Lady is depicted, especially Our Lady. Uh, our Lord, too, though, it happens quite frequently, in that we always see them from our concupiscent lens. We always see them, we always depict them in the way that we interact in the world with our broken nature and our inordinate desire for sinful things, rather than see them from their perspective as having perfect free will, and then, of course, rejecting all things that would be sinful or bad. 
Right, exactly. And so that's, and then so Mary Barone on YouTube makes a great point. Seems to me Our Lady would have preternatural gifts, and one of those would be no inordinate desires, such as junk food. Yes, exactly. So an inordinate desire, Our Our Lady, being uh, who she is, is unique among all creation because she has no inordinate desires. But uh, in regards to the to the free will question, uh, just like Lori said, you could choose not to sin. That's free will. But even more than that, St. Thomas says that free will is directed toward the good. And so did Adam and Eve, for instance, before they committed sin, did they have free will even though they were only choosing the good? Yes, of course. Why? Because they can in, in heaven. Whenever we end up in heaven, if the God willing, we end up in heaven, we will have free will still, even though we're in heaven. But can you choose to do evil in heaven? No, nope. you cannot choose to do evil in heaven. It's impossible. But why is it still called free will? It's because we're not thinking of free will as licentiousness, which is to do whatever you want. Instead, free will is to do the good. And right. that is ultimately it. So you have to be free to do good. So people cannot oppress you and restrict you from doing what you have an obligation before God to do. Yeah, and do so of your own desire. Amen. Uh, versus sort of an automaton or a slave. Hey, uh, speaking of which, you know what that means. Uh-oh. The horns of the apocalypse. It it actually doesn't mean that. I just, we haven't, just done, wanted it. To we haven't done it in a while, so I thought I'd throw it in there. But uh, Glenn Trahan points out Bagger Vance is good. Some similarities to the recent movie Blue Miracle. Not, what is Blue Miracle? I don't. I haven't. I'm not familiar with Blue Miracle. Me neither. Uh, but also, Colin says, "Great movie, Joe Bagger Vance is classic." Amen. Uh, David L. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. For uh, he says, "Freedom is the ability to do what we ought to do, the right thing." License is the ability to do anything you want to do, not the same thing. Amen. Well said. <clears throat> True story. Oh, that's cool. Tom Thomas, who is a, I guess, someone from uh, Liberty from Odyssey, commented on our show, said, thanks for streaming with us. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, not, rest- not uh, censoring us. <laughs> <laughs> Yay and amen. Uh, praise be to God. Oh, well, he tipped us too. Hey, thanks for the tip. We're, we're very grateful. Praise be to God. Uh, of course, on Odyssey, the tips aren't in cash, they're in crypto, and I, I still haven't wrapped my brain around all of that yet, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm still struggling to comprehend the, the world of crypto. Well, maybe we, would, we should oh. get Eric Sammons back on, <clears throat> so he can tell yes. us. He can explain, yes. explain, That's Lucy. That's explain. a good idea. Uh, Josh Patterson says, would the BVM eat fast food? An essay. Actually, what would be a good, who would be a good outlet to write that for? America Magazine? Would they take an, like, no, no, it's not a joke. Like, I'm, I legitimately, I think that'd be a really funny, oh, really funny, because uh, I don't think Crisis Magazine mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm, or One mm-hmm, Peter Five would mm-hmm. take that article, but what Catholic, why wouldn't they? Uh, out, why I wouldn't don't know. They? It's kind of, it's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe they would. I don't know. Eric, I'm good kind of curious. You. Kind of, kind of want to write that article now. Eric, you're from San Antonio, right? I mean, uh, tell me you went to Judson High School. Just, you know, reaffirm me that. Just tell him. You don't have to be true. <clears throat> Just tell him. <laughs> Glenn says, uh, Blue Miracle is on Netflix. Dennis Quaid, good family movie. Check it out. I, can't, I don't have Netflix. I don't have Netflix. I canceled Netflix uh, with all that blaspheming going on down there. I had to pick and choose. Based on true story about a famous fishing tournament, the Blue Miracle. I wonder if I can uh, rent that uh, via uh, some other streaming service. We have, we have a great comment over here. Check it out. Hold, hold on. Amazing. Define great for Eric, starters. Eric has a great comment on YouTube. Uh, he says, <clears throat> Jesus, una amigo, amigo mio. There we go. <laughs> Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> that was Jesus unnecessary for starters. Okay. Um, we, we had moved on. 
We had moved on from that level of uh, depravity, and uh, we were trying to... You mean baseness? We, nope. I didn't know. I don't mean baseness. I mean, we were trying to move on from, uh, from uh, <clears throat> manipulating our listeners and to, uh, into depra- depraved things like that video that is it was being referenced in the audio. Deus Volt. If you're new here, by the way, uh, by the way, shouldn't we give, uh, should we give Thomas Zarab Z Zan? How do I say that name? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to mess up your name. I just, I'm not sure how to say it. I apologize. But we should give him a first time commenter. Uh, yes. Praise be to God. God love you. Thank you for doing that. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you for doing it. Uh, I'll have to check out. Anybody else seen Blue Mantle? Uh, I would like to know. Uh, fishing tournament. That might be a f- especially if it's family friendly, Glenn, because we're big into fishing at my house these days. Uh, my son, John Paul, loves to fish. And uh, I went yesterday, what, yesterday before yesterday, we went to uh, Walmart and we, I, we bought a mystery tackle box which there is a YouTube channel that we watch, uh, Zach, Ref- uh, Zach Fowler's Makery and Mischief. Zach won the, uh, uh, like he was on uh, Discovery Channel's Alone. I think it's Discovery. Pretty sure it's Discovery Channel. Alone. Uh, some, several seasons ago, he won their reality show tournament where they put you in the wilderness by yourself, all by yourself alone for like, 100 days or something like that and whoever lasts the longest wins well zach won and so he used his winnings to start his youtube channel and now he does all this sort of survival stuff but a lot tons of fishing going down there and he is a big fan of the mystery tackle box so they sell them at walmart and i bought one and uh you don't know what's inside you don't know what you're buying you have no idea you pay the money it's you have no idea what's in the box they don't tell you it's a mystery you're gambling and uh, you should have seen the, the boys yesterday. They were chomping at the bit for me to open the box and show them what's inside. So I get home yesterday, and I pull the box out because I had bought it the night before, didn't open it, just left it. They were It was killing them that they did not know what was in this box. So yesterday I get home, I pull the box out, put it on the table, I begin to open it up, and then I go, oh, wait, have you finished your schoolwork yet? No! So I had to put it away until they finished their schoolwork drove them nuts that they didn't know but we opened the box eventually and it's fun praise be to god uh some cool stuff inside the mystery tackle box so a fishing tournament movie might go over well at my place this weekend we'll have to see i may also go scouting for public land hunting we'll see archery season opens in a couple of weeks any other hunters uh in our audience i'd love to know uh i'd love to know uh melanie says love bagger vance and i believe bvm would eat chocolate yay and amen Read uh, at Josh's after that. It's sad to think cocoa is a new world food. And our Lord didn't know. Didn't, hold on, I lost it. What happened? Did he delete it? I don't it, think so. It just, delete, it just it disappeared just on me. His comment. Oh, it did just delete. His Josh, comment did you just delete your comment? It literally disappeared in front of my eyes as I was reading it. Josh deleted it. What's up with that? Josh, why are you deleting your comment? I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, uh, I bu- chocolate is my favorite vegetable out of all the vegetables on planet Earth. Uh, it's my favorite, and it's good for the heart. So I eat it by the pound. Uh, praise be to God. Uh, Glenn says the miracle part is about the saving of an orphanage. 
I'm going to check it out. Blue, it's called Blue Miracle. I will check it out. I'll see if I can't rent it elsewhere other than Netflix. Melanie says it's still on her feed. We're going to have to repost it then, Melanie, because I can't see it anymore. It's gone. Gonzo. Weird. I can't see it on mine yeah. either. Huh. Anyway, uh, he was saying that Jesus never had, got the chance to try chocolate because it's a New World food. Is it a New World food? I think so. Pretty sure it's not indic- It's not. Uh, it's not local to the Mediterranean, to the Middle East, to the Near East. Well, is I'm it? Not a, I, I don't know. A, I don't let's know go it, invite a botanist on. <laughs> does it grow naturally in the Middle East? I don't think so. Um, maybe I'd be wrong about that, but I think Our Lady would love chocolate either way. It's good for you. It's not a junk food. The uh, the geocentric model of the universe. Who who came up with that idea? Was it so? Copernicus Copernican model of the universe is the solar model of the universe. What was the geocentric model of the universe called? The, uh, it sounds super random, but the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we interrupt this random conversation to bring you further <laughs> random conversation. <laughs> uh, I, what are you talking about? Uh, so, ask your question again. Okay, so this is a. <laughs> There's a lot of backstory to this to this <laughs> question. Do we have enough time on the clock? I mean, we have five minutes, <laughs> four minutes. Like, let's uh, just change the subject randomly <laughs> and quickly. It's not like we don't do that all the time. <laughs> but uh, okay, long story short, there's this guy on Twitter who's been trolling me for a while, and I just find this guy hilarious. I was tweeting how we should uh, that porn should be illegal, and I was asking if we had enough support for it. What do you what do people think about that? And this guy was like, oh, the Christian theocracy, yada, yada, yada. The, um, he goes on, the church will be torturing people and they're anti-science and want to, uh, and they violently suppressed the scientists. And I said, dude, you obviously know nothing about history if you think the church suppresses science. He goes, what about Galileo? Galileo. And it's like, I was like, okay, <laughs> let's just, I'm like, I'm like yeah. there's, there's so many things to be said oh, here. So many but things. The, it drives me. This is one of my it, big It pet drives peeves. me so crazy. Every time. And I, I watch some of these uh, more massive political commentators. You know, Glenn Beck is a good example of this. I, I watch a lot of Glenn Beck content, but every time Glenn opens his mouth about the church and the history of the church and science, and I just, I throw up in my mouth. I get so nauseated. Every time they bring up Galileo, it's wrong 100% of the time. I mean, they just regurgitate the lies and misconceptions of the Crusades, of the Inquisition, of Galileo every time. Every time. By the way, uh, there's a lot of people hanging out on the website all of a sudden because they're saying they're lost, they lost the feed on Facebook. So oh, that's weird. I don't. Thank you to jumping on to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's weird. To hang out live with us right now. Uh, Don is over there. Paul saying dark chocolate would be acceptable to the BVM. Praise be to God. I agree yeah, with up. you. I agree with you there. Don says, yes, I just checked back and CDT did not come back on my Facebook. That's weird. It's up on my end. I see it too, but. People are jumping on. So strange. Facebook's uh-uh. being weird. Yeah. Uh, but in regards to what I was saying a second ago, one of the major points, like just let's just grant the these uh, historically illiterate people the point on the on uh, Galileo for a second. Name a second person. Anybody? Uh, could, how about Copernicus? Oh wait, they didn't. They didn't suppress Copernicus. They didn't. Suppress uh, Copernicus. What about uh, the what, Big Bang? On. Oh wait. Well, well, let's clarify oh, okay. then, because I think this is the point to Galileo. Did Galileo get in trouble from the church for for espousing the idea that the 
the heliocentric model of the universe. Yes, th- that, this, that the Earth rotates around the sun instead of the other way around. No, of course not. Or is it more likely that he began to interpret Scripture contrary to church teaching and didn't care much about what the church had to say about that? And, and also insulted the, anyway. the Pope to his face. And by the way, he had great cardinal supporters, and he lived in a lavish cardinal apartment while he was undergoing his Inquisition. Uh, so he wasn't suffering in any way, shape, or form. He was never tortured or anything like that that's yeah, all, it's nonsense all nonsense but yeah. my point b is just simply like even if we grant you galileo that would just be one case and could you name any other case where the church did anything and the mm-hmm. answer is always mm-hmm. no because they literally only know of galileo because that's the only one they hear about embrace the science and it's not even Adrian. true embrace the science man. capital s what, trademark over the e? science okay i believe in science mm-hmm. what movie was mm-hmm. that in by the way don't don't say it if you know mm-hmm. it. It's, I'm sorry, it's, what? It's, what? I'm sorry. it's blasphemy. What? What? Our Lady would sorry, not what? like this movie. <laughs> You're probably right about that. Our Lady probably would definitely would not watch Nacho Libre with you. <laughs> Even if I do laugh at that film, Our Lady would not sit and watch that film. All right. Praise be to God. I guess that's going to do it. We are uh, saying goodbye for the day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Joseph Pierce. And the Lord of the Rings is the question tomorrow. We're giving away four copies of the Andy Circus download, so be sure to share with friends that love Lord of the Rings. They could win, but they have to be on our email list, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. Thank you for joining us.